Hi, everyone. This is Barbara Bray, and I'm really excited because I met these two amazing team teaching sisters, right? Is that what I call you guys? That's yeah, right. we like that. Yep. <laughs> it's, I'm going to say Kayla Lou. Is that right? Yep. And Trisha Pettis. So Kayla and Trisha, I met them. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's almost six years ago now. Right. It, it, it seems like yesterday. I can't even yeah. believe it. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I'm going to let them kind of introduce themselves. And then we're just going to talk about this post that they put together and we'll reflect on it because I, I'm just blown away. Thanks, Barbara. Um, we're so excited to have these full circle moments because when we first saw you and you were speaking about this idea of personalized learning, we were kind of thinking, we have no idea what she's talking about. Um, but the few key things you said, as we kind of discussed in the blog, was when you said teachers are doing all the work. That was such an aha moment for us because here we were doing all these um, different ideas for differentiation where we're creating all these different leveled activities, um, but just passing on to students. And then they were just going through the motions and doing the work. So anyway, you did inspire us. And um, it's almost hard to remember. I'm so glad we have a blog on our journey because it's almost hard to remember all the steps you took to get where you are because it is a journey and you learn a lot in the journey. Um, but we are biological sisters and it's but. Um, cause some people think we're just really good friends. We, uh, but we say, cause we say to people, find your sister, whoever that was, we were, have been fortunate, um, to work as, uh, collaborators for the last, um, 14 years, but 10 of them, we spent job sharing while we raised our kids together. So one of us would do daycare and one of us would, would teach. So we had this unique collaboration. We were like, had to be a really, really strong PLC cause one of us wasn't at school that one day. Um, and so out of this grew this, um, relationship where we felt we could take risks together and we could, um, cause we were just support each other no matter what. And so that just evolved into this coaching role with, for personalized learning. Um, so we say to people, like I said, um, find that person that's going to give you the courage to take risks and support you when you're, when you might make, fail or give you, inspire you to try things that you, that you hadn't, that you weren't willing to try on your own. Yeah, I would say, I would echo that and say, you know, Zaretta Hammond, I listened to a podcast she did recently and she talks about building an awareness for conscious incompetence. And that I think is the vulnerability that Trisha is speaking to. And that is a skill that we want to instill upon our learners, right? That because we live in this world where we have Google at our fingertips, right? And, and all the answers right there. And just, we lose sight of the fact like Trisha said, of the journey it takes to get there and to grow. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have this vulnerability with each other and um, it's made us, and listening to you talk too, one of the things that I left that uh, conference with is really being self-reflective and always revisiting our purpose um, and, uh, you know, making sure that we are um, taking time to pause in the moment and really assess what is our current reality and and what are our desired results as professionals, for learners, for colleagues, uh, for the system as a whole. So that's really what our journey is about. Well, it's really, I mean, I was reading through because we've been keeping in touch. Well, actually, it was like two years ago we were at the I, Nicole, now the Aurora Institute. And um, it was almost like old time, old 
Home. It, it was just like we had known each other forever. And then, yes, yeah, I think I got drunk. And, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did some dancing that night, Barbara. We did. Yeah, it was we so had dinner fun. and dancing. It was so fun. We did. We had a good time. But what I did know is that you were so passionate. You brought over everyone that you work with and Randy and I mean, all the people that I met and uh, that uh, I met when I first came there. Um and, and I have to say, Adana is an amazing place. Mm-hmm. It, it, I did notice one thing, is that you have people and teachers and support staff, and everyone seems to really want to care about the kids, but they really care about the kids and each other, and they want to help. But to have sisters work together, that's unique. And, yeah. It, it It is a community that highly, highly values education and they're willing to support and, um, and that and put the resources towards education. And that is, uh, you know, there's proof in the pudding that they're really uh, one of the best districts, you know, in the state or the country. But so we really got all stakeholders involved in this process. And we, you know, in every decision that we make, we try to, we include parents, the learners themselves, we never leave them out of the equation. We're always asking for feedback from the learners. And of course, we have amazing teachers that are willing to continue to grow and reflect on their practice and really do want the best for kids. So you're right. We're so lucky to be in a place of Edina. And now what we're doing in Edina is a, last year, we held two different site visits where we invite teachers to come and spend a day with us in a actual school day where school is taking place. So they get to observe classes and talk to kids. And then we also offer some breakout sessions. So it's a really unique learning opportunity where they get to see it in action and then dig in a little bit deeper with um, some breakouts and some time to collaborate. So I'm going to bring this up. What are you doing now? I mean, this is going to be all of a sudden, guess what? We don't know if we're going back to school. You have teachers over the spring that were um, thrown into a remote teaching or emergency teaching, maybe some of them called that uh, environment. Um, what do you, how did it go and what do you see happening? Oh, we uh, definitely leveraged, like we said in our, our post, uh, the uh, ways that we were building agency through the unit guide and different pathways to learning and different ways to express learning. So we definitely capitalize on that. And, but throughout the whole time, we were consistently tapping into our learners through our advisory program where they had that one teacher, that social emotional piece that was checking in with them, checking in with stakeholders. So there was ongoing reflection as we went, but we absolutely found right away, hey, this unit guide uh, has been critical. So let's uh, really... Um, capitalize on that and give kids that comfort. Hey, you know this, here's how you're going to help guide yourself uh, Mm. through this time. And um, Trish, if you want to piggyback off of that, I'll stop in a second. But I will say since then, like Trisha said, in our community, um, I believe the administration is very open and supportive of the teachers and the learners, obviously, and they are looking for teacher perspective and learner perspective and parent perspective. So we've been involved in focus groups and ongoing discussions, collecting survey data, and just continuous check-in for 
just getting a pulse of where people are at, what they experience and how we can make it better. So that's where we are. And that's giving us some kind of calm in these really unprecedented, unpredictable, stressful times. Uncertain times, right? Uncertain, Let me just say yeah. one thing, uh, Trisha, before you start, mm-hmm. is one of the things that I do know for you, because people don't know, but we've you've been sending me different forms of this document for, oh, it seems like a year or so. <laughs> Has it been that long? Six months, wow. at least six, six months. months when you're having fun. Yeah, and I kept saying, this is good. I did. But then it was never, it wasn't ready yet. I mean, you kept on, we kept on going back and forth. And one of the things that I did notice is that you have been working on uh, strategies for coaching teachers, but also yourself as teachers, to provide opportunities for all learners to have a voice and a choice through these unit guides. And so the unit guides are much different than when you first started showing them to me. And so um, what I see, this is part of the post. We put, you put one up. Uh, the idea is how you can grow as a reader, grow as a writer. And, and they're talking from their own perspective around that unit. This is what I know. This is what I don't know. Right. I, is that what, I mean, I, I'm, this is exactly what I was hoping for is that how can I, as a learner, have a voice in, hey, wait a minute, I don't understand, or I'm ready to move on. I mean, we, a lot of times the teachers are so busy, I could see that this would work really well now in, a, um, in these remote teaching models. Is that Right. Right. And, uh, Trisha, tell me. I'm sorry. I didn't. Yeah. No. So our big, you know, with our personalized learning, you know, our foundation is just um, giving kids the opportunity to understand themselves as learners. And how do they do that if they don't have some voice and choice in their pathways, but most importantly, then reflect on their learning. And again, the um the teacher then is has to is critical in the feedback they give the learners so that they know whether or not they're choosing the right choices or meeting those learning targets. So with our one of our systems that we created to move the work was this idea of this unit guide where we lay out um, opportunities for kids to have a voice and a choice in in the process. And in doing so, we're building their agency. We're, we're helping them understand how they learn best. Um, and then again, that reflection piece is, is critical on a daily basis of reflecting not only what did I learn, but how did I learn it? Mm-hmm. And what are my next, what should my next steps be? And then as teachers, we... Um, spent um, a fair amount of time relearning our kind of assessment practices and really thinking less about grades and more about feedback and using those formative assignments as an opportunity to give feedback and not have points, but just feedback. And then then that feedback, again, informs my instructional response as a teacher and then what choice they should make as a learner. So um, we're spending a ton of time, again, training and working with teachers on giving effective, actionable feedback for their learners and then kids understanding what to do with that feedback. Mm-hmm. So what we found then when we moved to personal, or this distance learning, it, our, so many of our kids just had a smooth transition because they're already used to being in control of their learner or, or of their learning and they're not dependent on the teacher telling them what to do at every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And then we really look at, when we looked at that, our next response is, okay, who's thriving? and who's struggling in distance learning. And, you know, because any abruption is an opportunity for growth, right? This huge, That's how we looked at distance learning is this is a huge um, opportunity for us to learn where our gaps are in equity 
And um, we found that the kids that were um, struggling were those kids in our classrooms were the, that were the dependent learners that needed a teacher telling them every step of the way what to do next. Uh, so that really validated the importance of this, again, personalized learning of giving kids opportunity to have um, control in their learning and um, getting that really important in feedback. So um, we'll continue our work around, I, again, you know, now uh, our work around equity has always been so important and we see personalized learning as equity work because we're giving all kids the opportunity to be um, exposed to rigor and um, choices in their learning. Um, but um, Really, I think a part of equity is, again, looking differently about grades and assessment practices and really taking the focus uh, away from those grades and points and more on feedback until we get to the summative assignments. And that, Trisha, I just want to stress, too, that the foundation of that is trust. And it's trust between the learner and the teacher. And so when we first introduced this in our classroom, uh, you know, we're, we're telling kids, this is really about empowering you. So all of this practice you do until we get to the point where you're going to express your understanding against the essential learning targets or essential standards um, is, is we aren't assigning a point value to it or any type of grade because we want you to take risks and we want you to ask questions and be focusing on the learning and not focusing on compliance. And with that comes a level of trust. And we express to kids, we trust you to take this responsibility and run with it. And please trust us and how we've framed up this, this journey mm -hmm. to help you and support you along the way. And so I think that that, mm -hmm. that relationship piece and trust is a really critical uh, piece of the, the pie too. Well, you know, just looking through, knowing you and, and I'm very fortunate to know both of you and have you share with me what you're doing. It's been, uh, you know, for me, you know, not being in the classroom anymore, I, I, I've, I always wonder how in the world do they do this? It's so much work now. And what you've done is you've pulled it together. So any teacher now can probably take this strategy and just adapt it to what they're teaching. And, and it, it could work at any level. And I, I agree with you about grades. I mean, the whole idea of grades means that the teacher's doing all the work, just like I said before. Right. And, and the whole idea of being able to provide evidence of where they are in their learning. Right. You, when you provide this unit guide and they can share where they are in the process and what they've learned and what they still need to learn, it's on them. Because yes. they want it. And right. I, um, I, I hope that when we put this out, this uh, uh, reflection, which I'm so grateful to you both to even have the time to talk to me like this. This is wonderful. Uh, and write something so beautiful that people could use. I hope they go in and look at the post. But also, you know, they may down the road want to reach out to you. So yes. I think we did put some uh, information on how to get to you, uh, ask you what you're doing. But I, I want, here's what I want. <laughs> I want you to be able to present this and share it, um, provide some, maybe some example, a little bit more examples sure. mm -hmm. of what 
uh, yes. students are the doing. The unit guides look like or what the kids, yep. Mm-hmm. And maybe even get some of their voices and, and have Yes. Them. I could yep. see you doing that in, uh, can you imagine people out there that are you looking for some really amazing people <laughs> to share how they actually personalize learning and do it right? Yes, Here we they love are. to share. This is Trish, yeah. the, the, Kayla and Trish are amazing. You know, whenever we have people come to our school, we always have a learner panel. We always have the kids and we usually start with a learner panel uh-huh. and they're, um, participants usually leave feeling like we scripted them, gave them a script because they literally can't believe how our kids can talk about their learning. But no matter what kids we put up there, we always put different kids and we always, we never have the questions ahead of time. They always totally kill it, knock them dead because they know themselves as learners. And what, one thing we did is we gave them the language. Like we just set up this common language around learning pathways. Like, okay, when, when a teacher's leading you, we call that teacher seminar. When you're learning in a group and you're on the same learning goal, that's a collaborative group. When you are learning at your own pace, we just call that independent flex. So mm-hmm. kids could say, well, I really enjoy um, flex, independent flex in my um, math class because I can work faster than what the teacher is going. But when I'm in my language arts class, I really like my collaborative groups because I want to discuss and talk about what's going on. So they can they can literally articulate what works for them and not and why they take on extra challenges when it's not part of a grade. Oh, because I'm interested, because I want to learn, because I like to be challenged. People can't believe that kids are actually um, speaking this way, but but, um, and it's great when they come up to us in class and they say something like, uh, you know, Mrs. Liu, um, I would really appreciate the opportunity to go to the library to work on this because I have an external <laughs> listening barrier right now. And, and they just totally articulate what they need and they're serious about it. And, you know, you find yourself like wanting to kind of weep right? Because that's what we're looking for. And great that they want to come up with this polished product. But what's more is the fact that they're coming up to us and they're advocating for themselves. Sincerely, they know what they're saying. They know how they're saying it. And um, that's just a trajectory for how we're setting them up to to move on to that next level, that next stage. And that's so humbling. And it's really such a beautiful thing. And to Kayla's point earlier, they say, we feel like our teachers trust us to make the right choices. And that's, and so kids just feel so validated in the process too, Mm -hmm. that they can be who they are and they don't have to try to fit into, you know, the mold for that particular class or that particular teacher. But we still have work to do, Barbara. There's still the kids, right? Who, I mean, we still have kids that don't feel empowered. We still have kids who we asked to be on a learner panel and they're like, you're talking about me. Um, So (laughs) we know that the, the work is the work. I say that with air quotes because it's not really work right? Um, it's, you know, it's what we love to do. It's our passion. And, um, but it's never, it's never complete. And, um, you know, we're continuously tapping into the most important resource in the classroom today, our friend Jim Rickabas says, which is the learners themselves. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I mean, the main thing is, is that you're doing something you love. No matter what, even if it's not during these times of uncertainty and a pandemic and, you still, I mean, when you sent me this, I was just <laughs> so blown away. I said, these people are amazing. I'm just so lucky to know you. And, and, and the thing is, is that um, if you're, uh, and, and this is probably bad, but you're a lot like me, which means you will never stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is, 
we do it for the kids, but we also do it because we know that this is their world and they have to own it and be able to do it like you're doing. I mean, like what the teachers have to do at the last minute, they, they just had to jump into emergency teaching and all of a sudden, right. what am I going to do? But if we can do this, then the kids can take more control of this and, yes. and the parents at home aren't going what do we do the, the kids will already have the that uh, ownership and feel like they can drive their learning no matter where they are right mm-hmm. right so well yes i think what we'll do is we'll have to have you come back We'll have to yes. do a webinar. We'll when we finish our book, <laughs> when we, our, you know, we're going to, we're going to craft our book and then. Um, yes. We'll do a webinar. We look, we get so much energy from collaborating with others. So we love sharing and presenting and. Mm-hmm. and well, we'll get, Barbara. Oh, I love it. Well, we're definitely going to do that more, but the main thing is, is that you did this. This is not me. You just said, Hey Barbara, look at this. And this is what you have to do. Don't give up. Keep on doing this, um, sharing and, and, and the team, is it the sister team teaching <laughs> wonders, <Yes>. wonders, <laughs> wonders, <laughs> wonders. I'm so excited and we'll put out more information. And if there's any other links that we have to put on the blog, we'll do that. Thank you so much. This has been Thank amazing. you. Thank you for your leadership and, and thanks for not never quitting like you said, I mean, that's it. We, we are so fortunate to be in this field with amazing people like you. Like, I feel like, oh my gosh, Barbara Bray is sitting and having a conversation with us. Like I have to pinch myself because um, you are celebrity status in our district and in our, and at our site for sure. And, um, we're just so humbled and, and grateful for the opportunity and you giving us this platform to share, uh, what we're so passionate about. Okay. This is one of those love fests. So I'm, I, and <laughs> it, the thing is, is that I wouldn't be here without you. That's it. That's it. I, I'm not in the classroom and I can't say I know what's going on now. I have to get the stories from you. And uh, you did that. You pushed me and you did it. So awesome. I, I'm uh, virtual hugs, virtual yes. hugs. Yes. Because you can't. Yes. Elbows. Some healthy healthy distance hugs. Uh, Thank you again. Thanks, Barbara.